Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. You can look, but you can't touch. You keep dreaming on the stars above. So you can look, but you can't touch. That's the motto of the Bella Twins. But boys and girls, you can slide into my DMs all you want. You know, I am the slot of suplex. David Campbell, the GOAT, is back uh, hosting today's show on the Bella Twins. Don't forget, guys, you can check out everything on Suplex Retweet and wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, iTunes, all the places, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Go and check out our YouTube channel uh, where I will be facing off against one of today's uh, panelists and quiz showdown goes Hollywood. That's right. 30 minutes of movie trivia. I can't think of anything more exciting. Can you? But anyway, let's meet today's panel. First up, she is the Brie Bella uh, of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet because just like when Brie goes Brie mode, she loves a, a glass of wine. This panelist too is a wine lover. It is Stacey Smith. Stacey, how's it going? I'm fine. How are you, David? <laughs> you know what I'm doing? I'm doing quite well. I'm doing quite well. I'm overwhelmed, Stacey, by like the excitement of actually finally getting the show. No. It feels like a fever dream, uh, to be honest, at this point. It does. It felt as though it's taken swiftly happen. I just don't want it to be over. Yeah. Yeah, let's make it like a five-hour broadcast, you know? We'll just yes. take over the stream. <laughs> three-part show. If The Rock can get a three-part show, The Bella Twins can get a three-part show. But moving on, <laughs> she is the Nikki Bella. Of ESSR, a, a trailblazer, hosts of uh, some of the first uh, all women's shows in this network. She's a multi time champion here at the podcast. And she also lost at the Evolution pay per view uh, to someone who just picked her a night. That was myself. Uh, it's Sarah Greaves. Sarah, how's it going? You're never going to let me forget Evolution, are you? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> one point, one point. Oh, oh my God. But yes. I, I would say that's quite a very, very nice intro for me, actually. Yeah. I, I like it. I very like excited. It. Very excited about today. Hell yes! <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, uh, it's a special guest. You could say she is the Alicia Fox of today's panel, coming in and, and joining our Bella army, you know. It, it is B. Jillian Marshall here is our guest today on the show. Jillian, how's it going? You know, I'm just happy to be here. I was expecting to be called a Ruthie or something like that, so Alicia Fox will definitely take. <laughs> she does do the best Northern Light suplex in the business, so you can't argue too much with that. Uh, Jillian, just to give a wee bit of background uh, on yourself, who is your favourite wrestler of all time and why? Well, originally it was John Cena, but I think I should probably stay away from that conversation because <laughs> we're speaking about the Bellas, so I might need to go for a Jeff Hardy just to be safe. <laughs> I like that, I like that. So, but you know, we've introduced the women on today's panel and but you know, in a family of women and a panel of women, there's one man that stands out, people power. He is the big Johnny of today's yes. show, is Mr. Scott McLeod. How's it going? Yes, thank you. Thank you. I wanted that intro. Big Johnny, the best part of I've thought about it from the one series I've watched. <laughs> And ladies and gentlemen, I am your Mark Carano here to control the fun. You know, here at E Sleep Suplex Retweet and make sure everything runs off without a hitch. But enough about us. Let's get into the Bella Twins themselves. Now, just to take you back all the way to 2000 and, uh, to 2007, uh, the Bella Twins were first signed to WWE in that year. Uh, they got developmental contracts. They actually did appear on Diva Search, uh, but they didn't make it very far in that competition uh, and made their main roster debut in 2008. But Scott, I wanted to come to you first actually about this. Like, 
when the Bella Twins first joined the company, we were away from the era that was dominated by like Trish and Lita and Mickey, who was still around, but those guys were putting on, given time to do wrestling matches, given time to put on sort of main event caliber matches, as we've seen with Lita and Trish in 2004. And we're moving into this era of WWE when it was the model being brought in uh, to become a wrestler and the women were given subsequently less match time, less storylines and were more viewed as eye candy at this time. Do you think that the bell is coming into this environment? Did it hinder the female talent at this time right from the off or were there still opportunities for them there around about 2008? I think for the most part they were hindered. You had your exceptions. I think some who had that wrestling background before they came in your likes of your Beth Phoenix and people like that but for the Bellas I mean they even talked about it in a later documentary that I think it was Brie who wanted to go along and she kind of dragged Nikki along and basically kind of scoffed at the presentation of the other contestants that were auditioning for the Diva search I think it's, it's relevant I don't want to jump too far ahead but we see Nikki Bella later on in her career and how different she was from when she was started wrestling when, she, when they've got a different landscape of women I think the fact is there were more opportunities later on than when they started, whereas if they took their wrestling more seriously when the Bellas started, I think a lot of people's opinions of the Bellas would be a lot different because they would have got a lot more opportunities when they first came in to actually wrestle. Yeah, and I want you, I want you to get this off the bat because I think there is people who be looking at this show and turning their nose up to it. Uh, there's a negative uh, thing about the Bellas where they're not really viewed as wrestlers and more personalities but Sarah I'll come to you on that one do you think like Scott's saying that's more due to the era they debuted in rather than anything to do with the work ethic or the talent of the Bellas themselves yeah no I I, I completely agree with that because I would think like see if they were to debut around about the same time as you had the four horsewomen uh in terms in terms of like work ethic they're just as good if not like more determined um, but I think that's what added the fuel to them uh, to think that they needed to prove themselves a little bit extra. And like Scott was right, it was Brie that dragged Nikki along because um, it was actually Brie's agent that mentioned the diva search because um, it was actually originally Brie that wanted to do it and not Nikki. So like it, it's it's definitely I would say definitely down to the era that they joined in. It just it happened to be like that particular era but I wouldn't say like it wouldn't be anything against their work ethic like probably some of the hardest workers that they actually have were the Bellas mm. Jillian do you agree with the, what the guys are saying here about this era the transition away from the Trish and Lita into that era or do you think there's still some saving graces around that time in WWE when the Bellas first came into the fold? I do think they came in at a good time because I think obviously the way things were going in the WWE it was a case of that there were divas, they weren't female wrestlers, there wasn't really a women's division as such. It was more a case of that it was kind of the playboy glamour model-esque type that was going on whereas they've come in and almost tried to be ahead of the shift which has been a big task for them and I think they've done really well with it. But what shocks me the most is obviously that Brie got her debut before Nikki, considering the way Nikki's success has actually been <laughs> But hey, I'm for it. I think they've come in and they've done a real good job, so I can't fault them. Yeah, and well, Stacey, we'll move on to that just now. Like Gillian brings it up, the debut. We first saw Brie uh, debut in SmackDown on her own. She had a mini feud against uh, Victoria, who's a very, very prominent uh, wrestler in her own right, a very good wrestler, but we, we see her pick up some wins uh, against uh, uh, Victoria and then she's facing Natty and we get that infamous moment where it's revealed that 
they've been twins all along, they've been swapping out in and out from under the ring. What did you think about that reveal the very first time we saw the Bella twins together on stage? I thought the way that it was, the, the way that they both appeared at the same time, just the smirks on their faces at the time, perfect. Yeah, in I'll go back to you, uh, Gillian, on that one, that very first night. Like, there's there's good bits and there's bad bits about it, because obviously the unique thing about the Bell is we sometimes forget they are twins. That's something we don't really get a lot in, it, in wrestling, so it's a good, really good gimmick to have. But also you do have this slight sort of sexism of Taz and commentary. He's talking about uh, their looks, he's talking about their attire more than them as wrestlers. So it's a double-edged sword, the debut in a way, isn't it? I definitely think that as well. However, if you look at them originally, just like any other wrestler that was coming into the thing, you see their outfits and see how they've developed over the years. But as you look at those blue pink outfits at first, and you kind of think, yeah, they're twins and they've got a gimmick, but where is this going to go? And you really see their personalities shine through from the offset, which is excellent to see. Mm-hmm. I like that, and that's uh, Sarah. That one of the things that Jillian's saying there. There's always been these subtleties about the Bellas. They are twins, but they do have their own unique personalities. And we'll get to Total uh, Divas and Total Bellas later on. I think that helped them establish their individual brands even more so. But it is good to see, even in these early years, the, the differences between Brie and Nikki, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the one thing that they always kept highlighting is the fact they are identical twins. Uh, and when people usually like being a twin myself, like not an identical one, obviously, um, it'd be a bit weird if my brother was identical to me. Um, <laughs> but it's when they're like, when it comes to twins, people just assume that they are the same. Uh, they have the same hobbies, the same interests, um, and like I know a lot of parents like to dress their twins the same. Um, mm. So you you do get some highlights of what it is like to be a twin, but at the same time you see them as their own individual personalities as well like you can see that there was a lot more fire to Nikki um, and Brie just I don't know what it was when it came to Brie but at this point like it was Nikki's confidence that sort of made her shine a little bit brighter at that time yeah yeah and well that's the thing they had these really really good debuts but then Scott you did say something in the group chat the other day uh, that caught my attention uh, we talk, were brought up the first run of the Bellas and you're like, what did they do during their, their first run? After this debut, it did seem to sink a bit for the two of them. Where do you think it went wrong at the start of their career in WWE, Scott? Where do you think they didn't quite have the, the star power that we would see from them later on? I'm not quite sure what it was. It just seemed to be like whenever there was a guest host uh, there, they were always a time with the Bellas and the, the guest host or whenever somebody was coming out of the Hall of Fame to be accompanied by one of the Bellas randomly. Or like, if we all forget, Team Johnny v Team Teddy, each team got their own individual Bella twin to come out with them in either a, raw, a blue shirt or a red shirt. But uh, I don't know, it just seemed to be they want, they're interested in more of the Bellas because they were twins more as characters and like personalities rather than interested in having actual matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Stacey, regardless of what Scott, and I think Scott makes a good point, they did have, there was a, a championship success for the team. Uh, they did begin a feud with Eve Torres uh, when they were on Raw, um, and Brie eventually did become the Divas champion during that time. I do remember they had some memorable things, um, obviously the matches with Eve, and then uh, I believe they had interactions with Karma as well later on down the line. So do you do do you remember anything about the Divas title run of the Bellas in that first spell? Not really, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm probably not the best person to ask because I didn't watch wrestling at this point. But um 
I just don't think there was much of a direction for them to go into, you know, like, with their gimmick, mainly as It's just kind of like, there's only so far they can go, like, as twins, you know, that way, sibling rivalries and things like that. There's, I just don't think there was, there was a space for them to go on to. Yeah, and Jillian, I think I think that's the case with it. Like they did have the Divas title success, but we had Nikki winning the title uh, before Brie lost the title for Nikki to Layla Extreme Rules, and they were gone uh, from the company uh, later that week. Is this just a sign of where the women's division was at this time, with the lack of opportunities, and also the hot potato nature of the Divas title uh, during this period? The thing that I find funny about the whole they disappeared from the company and they got disappeared for a year. The whole thing with that is that they said that Eve Torres was meant to have fired them, but in reality they were working five shows a week, they were absolutely knackered and they weren't catching a break, so what in the reality happened was they just didn't sign their contract, which is absolutely crazy considering you've just had Brie that had won the championship in 2011 for the first time, then you had Nicky win it in 2012 and all of a sudden they just disappeared from there. And it was them kind of starting at their peak and they just got into things after being accessories of so many different wrestlers and trying to find their feet and moving away from almost their gimmick of being the twins they were starting to get into their own personality and all of a sudden they just vanished which I found quite strange considering they were just getting themselves and finding themselves within the company and developing their own personalities Yeah, and I get that and that's it's one of the things about their departure is that they departed round about the time they were finally getting more prominence like you say but it's one of those things like we talk about the wear and tear schedule for these wrestlers a lot, especially in WWE. And I think with the Bellas, uh, like you say, Jillian, they're thinking, what are we actually getting from this here? So it wasn't until they were going to be presented with even better opportunities from the company that there could be reason to return. And that did come in 2013. The, the Bella Twins did come back uh, and attack the Funkadankles. And we realised that the reason the Bellas came back was to star for a new reality show for E! called Total Divas, of which those two were definitely focal points. Uh, Stacey, I'm going to come to you for this. Like, What's the significance of Total Divas overall for the Bella's career? Well, I can definitely speak for myself. Um, I started watching Total Divas, and from that, I then started watching WWE, like from watching Total Divas. Um, so I really think it's, it did bring on like a new generation of viewers and a different demographic of viewers. Um, but it also just shows like the determination and like the hard work and it just shows how much that they want it as well. Like seeing all the back background stuff like in Total Divas. Yeah, yeah. And it's, Sarah, we've talked about, you know, the importance of the individualization of the Bella Twins. What parts of the personality started to come out once Total Divas hit the air? What did we see from that, Sarah? Well, it was, it was really, really easy to tell, like the sort of differences between them, because you've seen how how primarily focused they were on following each other's lives. I mean, you saw Bree with Daniel Bryan, like living in a small apartment in San Diego with their little dog. <laughs> with little Josie, which you know, R.I.P. Josie, we we love you. Um, yeah, it's Josie. Yeah, uh, and you can see that like they were all into the whole quiet living, vegetarianism, veganism at the same time as well. Whereas Nikki was um, going about her relationship with uh, Lord Voldemort of wrestling. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to call him that. 
and <laughs> how like different like she was living the luscious lifestyle like she was always wearing heels i mean like the heels that she was wearing half the time you were like how did you know break your neck <laughs> um so it was it was really really like you could see the complete split and at the same time you're just like this again does show that twins can have like separate interests they are still their own people and mm-hmm. they're not defined by you know the other half of the egg that's split in half yeah and yeah and i, I really like that and jelly like we talked with stacy there about the importance for her personally uh, of total divas we talked with sarah there about the importance of defining these characters but what else do you think total divas did for wwe as a whole like do you think it was a completely different audience that came in from this and that is that the real legacy of the bellas I definitely think so. I think this is a real push and a real shift for WWE because in reality you only ever saw the wrestlers and you saw them at a glimpse of the on MTV chips and you'd get a splasher in their home. You didn't ever get a real intel on what their actual life were like. Whereas this was a real shift for WWE and E News to collaborate on where you were actually getting a real insight into their personal life and seeing the background and seeing how they lived, which was a real contrast to see how E Bella obviously lived completely opposite to Nicole's materialistic side and everything was very fast and flash and everything else and it really showed the contrast between the two and I think that's when it really pushed them as individuals within the company. Yeah and that it, there's another thing that I picked up on Scott because we always put, look to the dawn of the women's evolution people go back to like Miller, people go back to Trish and then more recently they're like oh NXT with Paige and then they say AJ when she called out on Twitter there was a storyline in Total Divas in the first season where the Bella Twins were meant to have a match at WrestleMania, teaming with the Road Scholars against the Funkadactyls and Tons of Funk. That got called off and there was a very frank conversation on that show about the fact that the women don't get as much match time and they were constantly fearing that their matches would be cut. Do you think that Total Divas and the Bellas specifically don't get enough credit for highlighting uh, the reduced role of women in WWE at this time. I think so, because I'm pretty sure that moment is covered in the very like first episode of the, the show. So, like for those who have never watched wrestling before and you've watched this first episode, I think it's a real eye-opener into how the women of that time were treated. Because, like, and then like, you see, like even a few months later, they're putting a random match between, I think, Natalia and one of the Bellas because they were all featured on Total Divas at the expense of EJ Lee, who was the champion, who then called them out all on Raw. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it was a, a real eye-opener. I think, uh, random anecdote here, I think this was on one of the Jericho's podcasts, I think one of the Bellas revealed that originally, we know later on they'll have their own reality show with Total Bellas, but they said that originally, like, yeah, they did come back because of Total Deals, because originally it was maybe a reality show about them that was mm-hmm. pitched to them, but they didn't think at first that there was enough about their lives that would be like carry a show, so they thought, why don't we get some of the other girls in WWE that they were still friends with, like Natalia and then Naomi and uh, Cameron yeah. get involved. And I think when you think about it, the Nabellas had this idea to help get a spotlight on these other people who weren't getting opportunities like Natalia. A lot of people think is very underrated in that Naomi as well. And also they helped shine this light on like, the real lives of some of the wrestlers. And we talk about the reality era. I think a big part of that is definitely the Bellas. Yeah, and you actually brought something up I wanted to address there because there was a time on WWE TV where the feuds in the women's division blended into what was happening uh, on Total Divas. Like it was crossing the lines between uh, like uh, real life and fiction 
um, obviously the feud with Natalia. But Sarah, Scott brings up AJ Lee and what became known as the Pipe Bombshell, where she came out and basically lambasted uh, everyone who was on that show as fake uh, for cashing it in their lives and stuff like that. Do you what what do you think is the legacy of that promo? Because a lot of people say, rightfully so, it's a really well delivered promo. But do you think it actually undermined the women who were trying to bring a different facet of an audience to WWE? Do you think it was a good thing or a bad thing that AG promo um in the long run? See, you can look at it from two different ways. You can look at it from the one perspective where Maybe you don't like AJ, maybe didn't have all the information that she just saw it as the sort of chosen ones, essentially, because that's what Total Divas was. Like, you had to be invited onto the show by E Network. You couldn't just say, oh, can I be on it? Um, so, when you look at it from that way, you can see maybe sort of why they had a bit of a gripe with them, why they had some beef. And, like, it, it was especially the fact that the Divas champion wasn't featured on Total Divas. But at the same time, AJ never, she considered herself the anti-diva. She never actually considered herself as being an actual diva. Um, so to put it that way, and then you have the, the look from like the Bellas and like Natalia. Like, see if it hadn't been for Total Divas. During the Divas Revolution, like which we'll talk about later, Natty would have been completely forgotten about because she wasn't originally featured in it. She wasn't on TV. Mm-hmm. So you can look at it from that way. Um, but to say that like trying to take away anything from the women that are trying to actually bring like these extra eyes because they don't only bring like highlights and everything they also brought a brand new audience mm-hmm. like people that don't watch wrestling like i was very similar to stacy like i'd only maybe just started watching wrestling again at this particular time um but Joe divas was also on on tv and you're like you know what this this seems like fun because it's like it's casual viewing and again it, when it's like especially the first season because the first season did tie in a lot it tied in a lot quicker and a lot faster through the later seasons and to actually tie on like see when it's on tv and what's going on with current storylines whereas you could see that they were maybe doing it like a lot bit later because i remember them doing the whole Nikki Bree Hell in a Cell thing, but that happened months and months like before Total Divas had even aired. Um, so I don't, it definitely doesn't take anything away from them. Um, if anything, it's sort of, it, it, again, it makes AJ look like the villain that she was meant to be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's basically trying to look at it from different perspectives. I think the problem, Gillian, lies with me, and I think Sarah bring up a good point, AJ's meant to be the heel, you know, we're meant to dislike her in that scenario, but I think the problem is, a lot of times in TV and film, like in wrestling, feuds between women are, are reduced to this sort of catfight mentality, and there's a sort of, for a lack of a better term, slut-shaming element in AJ's promo that doesn't quite sit well with me. Do you think that same promo would fly today, where the fan base has got a lot more diverse, or and do you think it's just a product of its time where it still had this sort of poisonous male mentality at the core of the wrestling fandom? See, I do think it's kind of a thing of its time. It is developing as we go on. However, you've got Brie, who's one of the front runners. You've got Nick, who's also the front runner of more or less the whole show. Whereas both of their partners, you've got Brie, who's with Daniel Bryan, who was more or less the front runner of SmackDown at that time. 
Nikki Bella was with John Cena at the time. Therefore, that's one of the biggest superstars in terms of history. You can't deny it. He's one of the biggest superstars. So therefore, they're automatically going to be the front runners. Have they done that themselves? I don't know. Or is it just a case of that it comes down to those are the two superstar relationships that are happening at that time? So therefore, they're going to push that, which as a business idea, that's the smartest move. I would do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's the thing. Like the criticism was levelled at them for that. It's like, uh, oh, you're only there because of Brian and Cena. And it's like, well, yeah, you know, it's a reality show. We want to, you know, we want to put our our best foot forward. But I want to get into more about um, the Bellas and Total Divas specifically without looking at the politics behind it. So, Stacey, I'll come to you. Do you have a favourite uh, Bella Twins moment uh, from the entire history of the Total Divas show? Oh. Now that is a good question. I don't think she is just one. Name a couple then, go for it. The four is yours. I think a lot of the time, like when it shows the arguing between Brie and Belle, uh, Brie and Nikki a lot, it just seems, they just, a stupid sense, they just seem so relatable and at times as well. And then like other fights are just like, this is mental. Like how, how are you fighting over this? <laughs> um, <laughs> One thing though is um like you just felt so sorry though for Nikki, like the whole John Cena thing, like all the heartache with John Cena, but then felt really happy for her when things were going well and yeah, it's just just seeing their lives and just seeing that they're like normal people at times. Well, we're we're brie. But yeah. <laughs> more more free than Nikki. Yeah. Uh, Sarah, Sarah, same question for you. Any favourite uh, Bella moments from uh, the Total Divas shows? I mean, I would have to say Sleep from Total Divas. Like, one of my favourite is watching Brie and Brian get married. Oh. Like, actual heartwarming moment. Um, but I think, like, when it comes to favourite all time moments, it's got to be season one. With their cattiness towards Eva Marie. Like, that's probably like, one of my favourite things all the time, is just their cattiness. It's like, a, 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 no, excuse me, we are the veterans, you are the rookie. <laughs> and I, I love that. So it's just like, no, we've, we've worked hard, don't you dare try and just like, sort of jump over us. Yeah. Um, and we all saw what happened with Eva Marie. So. Yeah. Well, she might be coming back. Stacey, you have your, your hand raised, Any, anything else? Yeah, just following on from what Sarah said um, about when Brie and Brian got married, I remember for a long time me and Sarah would message each other because we'd be watching that scene and we'd both be in tears. (laughs) (laughs) But like ages ago. But um, yeah, so I'd definitely have to agree with that as well. (laughs) I'll watch it. (laughs) Gillian, anything anything we've not brought up here? Any specific... Nikki Cena moments from those I was old, uh, just about to say that I love this contrast of that everyone here seems to be talking about Brie and Brian whereas I have loved following Nikki's journey, she's been such a fighter who's been through so much whereas Brie and Brian were very much plain sailing, knew what they were having knew what they were going to do whereas we've been through such a journey with Nikki obviously, she got with Cena she then wasn't sure if she was ever going to get married to him. He then proposed. She then wasn't sure if she was going to have kids. And it was a real shame to watch her, obviously, look on at her sister and see that she had a more or less that she wanted. And unfortunately, Cena was never going to give that to her. But obviously, we a happy ending now where she's moved on and everything's kind of 
rosier, but unfortunately it was a sore time to watch because you could see that she was genuinely hurting and that was something that she longed for that unfortunately the love of her life at that time wasn't able to give that to her. Yeah, and that was a, that was a major thing for a long time. Like I remember sitting in the living room and I was just like, just give her a baby, John. Just give her the baby, John. I think everything's worked out in the end, but it's that that absolute (laughs) frustration. But uh, Scott, we're going to get to steal a line from Ryan Gallagher anyway, back to the wrestling. Uh, We did see they were involved (laughs) (laughs) in a lot of matches at this time. Uh, We've mentioned a few to AJ Lee, and that went up all the way up to WrestleMania 30, where a lot of the competitors competed in the the Divas Invitational match, the Vicky Guerrero uh, Divas Invitational match. Now, we do see a steady improvement in the match quality here, which is predominantly attributed to AJ because I think she is like she's the fan favourite, and a lot of people are just like, "Oh, AJ was the only shining light of this era. She was the one that really led it." But do you think that's unfair to say? Do you think this was a time where all the women in the company were slowly but surely stepping up their wrestling game and trying to take the most of the opportunities that were given? I think so because like there's always a clip that's always replayed when. Uh like trailer for told you that it's the Bellas diving through the ropes at the, in the Mania 30 match on everybody and we forget like there are actually scenes of wrestling in told you the scenes of the women training like Natalia is taking a role of training a lot of the younger people as well and so you get to see a thing that they do how hard these women actually work and like it is unfair, I think, when the fights of AJ going and then Paige comes up the night after Wrestlemania and then also a year later uh, some of the horsewomen come in it is unfair that they are seen as kind of the one saving grace of this era when you do see that the Bellas particularly are trying like their best to improve and like show that they are worthy of like these opportunities. Yeah, and you know, when the Bellas are given an opportunity, they certainly take it. And that was the case with Brie Bella in the summer of 2014 when she found herself embroiled in this, this never-ending rivalry between Daniel Bryan and the authority. Uh, Daniel Bryan, of course, recently injured and had to relinquish uh, the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, but Jelly, we have that line for Stephanie where she's looking at Brie and she's like, I'm going to fire you, I'll fire you, I'll make your life hell. And then Brie screams at her, you can't fire me because I quit and slap her in the face. What was your memory of that moment from Brie Bella? Were you just like, yes, on yourself, Brie? I think that's the first time that we really seen Brie come out of her shell because we've watched her kind of been behind Nikki this whole time. She's been a part of the Bella Twins. You see her on Total Divas and she kind of is a settled person. She's quite quiet and reserved. Whereas this is the first time you really see her personality shine. And you just think, wow, you've got the same person as sister and we're going to get something from this. Yeah, and uh, we, we've seen that, like, obviously this fire would be, but she was off TV after, for a wee while after that. We've seen Nikki sort of being punished uh, by the authority, and it really made Nikki get over as a sort of sympathetic baby face. But Stacey, we then see uh, Brie come back. She has a ticket in the crowd, and this anger Stephanie McMahon to no end, who slaps Brie Bella. And then we see something that we rarely see. We've talked about in this show Stephanie McMahon actually getting a taste of her own medicine and she gets arrested that helped dial up this rivalry again and I think everyone even the biggest doubters of the Bellas were like I'm on board with this from this moment yeah because the idols they started actually working WWE um, at the Wrestlemania like three months before mm. um, so by the time I got to this part I was like oh my goodness it's so fast paced like look how look how quickly everything's going <laughs> um, I 
I, I was very much like, Stephanie deserves this after what she's been doing to poor Nikki during this whole time. Please <laughs> come back to stick up for her sister. <laughs> I can actually see you at home on the couch with a glass of wine, like, delivering that exact, like, you know what, she deserves this. I have to tell you, she, you have to see what she's done. You know, this, is like, this was the ultimate, as I call it, soap opera wrestling, and I was yeah. totally uh, all here for it. But, like, Sarah, we get the announcement. Uh, Brie Bella versus Stephanie McMahon at SummerSlam. What were your thoughts when this match was announced, considering... One, we hadn't seen Brie in this prominent a match before, and two, it's very rare, especially at this time, that Stephanie McMahon competes inside the square circle. I mean, that's what shocked me the most, because like, I couldn't remember the last time I saw Stephanie McMahon actually wrestle a match. Mm-hmm. Like, he, she had been a women's champion in the past, but she didn't work very hard for it. Um, yeah. So, when it came to like this big match, I was like, wait, <laughs> Stephanie's wrestling? I was like, nah, clear, clearly something's <laughs> going to be happening. I was like, she, do- she doesn't wrestle, especially like when after she's had like uh, a few kids and she'd been working like primarily like behind the scenes and building the company up. Um, as we, oh, and well, we do say that she is the, the inventor of women's wrestling, but <laughs> um, to say that like when I saw that it was Brie versus Stephanie McMahon, I was like, nah, something, something's no right here. <laughs> Because, um, yeah, I was like, Brie, Brie can wrestle. Like, she was always, no- like, primarily known as the better Bella twin in terms of, like, in-ring performance. But she always kept her style the exact same. Um, she didn't really go off the beaten track. She didn't really go out of her comfort zone. So when I saw this, I was just like, this isn't going to be very long. Mm-hmm. Something's probably going to happen. I was like, and I was like, nah. Nah, this this can't be this can't be right. <laughs> so would you say that, Sarah? But Scott, I do actually remember, despite the you know it's an unusual matchup, but there was some amount of hype going into this match, wasn't there? And I think that was that was key in testament not only to how WWE had you know I can't believe I'm saying this they booked it very well. Uh, <laughs> I know, shocker. Uh, but also the the performances of both Stephanie is an effective deal, and Brie was very very effective in the lead up to this match. Do you remember there being hype for this SummerSlam encounter? Uh, I don't remember there being hype because you know I wasn't like going online and seeing what other people were saying about matches at the time. I was just watching it as it came. Still, but like I remember at the time, when you think about it, if Brie had won, it would have been great kind of storytelling in the way that she was taking a stand for Brian. Because one year earlier, the authority fully formed, and they screwed Brian out of the title a year earlier. And now Brian's wife was getting revenge against Stephanie, who again we still the time didn't see get much of our comeuppance. One, yes. one of the big glaring errors of this time period is it gave us Brie Mode, the theme song. <laughs> I'm sorry, the worst theme song of all time. It's like oh, a fog horn going off. The actual bell between theme song that you were singing at the start of the show, David, that's the tune. This <laughs> is, is not. It is not. I, I, I have to say, pre-mode is like one of those things that is so bad it's good. Like, I actually, whenever I hear it, I actually get a smile on my face. I'm just like, I'm all here for it. Jillian, we do have to talk about, obviously, Brie comes out and it's this, there's this transformation around this time with Brie sort of putting her own stamp in the Bella's outfit. She's still wearing the Bella's colours, like the red and black, but she's got the flannel and all that introduced at this time, which is really cool. And Stephanie comes out 
with an absolutely iconic attire that just screams power woman. When they both make their entrance, I think the room was ready to go at that point. Stephanie was channeling her inner dominatrix with that black and sombre. <laughs> But that's what I just loved about the whole thing. It was smart masking, it was hyped up, it was a pay-per-view event. And in reality, if Stephanie's going to be in the ring, it's not going to be for that long. She's at the age now where she's there for the entertainment purpose. It's a business at the end of the day and it's entertainment and that's what she's bringing. But I just love the moment when Triple H comes out and it all just goes horribly wrong from there. I'll let you yeah. carry on with that. Well, it was a good... I actually... I went back and a good match. Like, it's a very, very decent match like Stephanie plays the sort of dominant heel and she's actually she's bigger than me she's using that and there's a nasty spot that there's this suicide dive and uh, Stephanie counters it and it just sends B sort of crashing to and you're just like oh B like I hope you're okay you don't normally do this type of thing like what's what's going on and then you're right Triple H comes out at the end and and, you know he gets the baseball slide off of B and everyone's like yes yes at him you know just getting the floor back and we see Nikki show up and it's it's very odd because Nikki sort of stands there at first, but you know, we see that iconic shot. Bella twins, either side of Stephanie, she can't escape. And then Stacey, Nikki pulls Stephanie to the side and she blasts Brie with that bloody forearm. What was going through your head at that point in time? I all I could think was Nikki, what are you doing? Just like, I can't believe it. I thought, like, all the way throughout the match, I just thought, right, when's Nikki coming out? When's Nikki coming out? When's Nikki coming out? Like, to get her revenge on Stephanie for everything that had been going on. Um, and then seeing her side with Stephanie, just like, well, fair enough, it was your sister leaving that made this happen, but that she's the one that's doing it to you. Like, why are you siding with Stephanie over your own sister? It's furious, I was furious, and that I can tell, you know, at the time you were, you're not happy. You don't like wrestling betrayals of tag teams, but these two, they're, they're twin sisters, for God's sake, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, when it comes to betrayals of tag teams, I'm not the biggest fan of. Um, just, uh, I don't, I, I can't, I can't watch a tag team break up. It's too heartbreaking. Um, but I think, like, see with this one, like you can again, you can see from both sides, like you can see sort of like why she sided with Stephanie it's just like you know what you, you've you done this you've done that but obviously you didn't know that later on that Stephanie was going to basically brand Nikki as the face of the Divas division and mm-hmm. um, so clearly there had been some cahoots backstage in the time that it took for Brie to come back like that you had no idea about and um, so it was a very very confusing time as to why she was battering Brie mm-hmm. um, and um, I can't say I was a fan of their feud, um, especially with the whole you should have died in the womb uh, <laughs> comment. An I iconic just, oh, it was iconic. iconic, but and it's 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 something that you'll always like associate this rivalry with because like you can't forget that. Like you that you definitely can't forget the whole you should have died in the womb. You're like, oh my gosh, she went there. Oh she went there. Oh no. <laughs> That's the thing, Jillian Cena saying here, not the biggest fan of the, the subsequent feud that follows, but it's hard to deny as much as the SummerSlam match was Bree's top moment in the company, everything that followed cemented Nikki Bella as the focal point eh, of that Divas division, especially in a heel sense at that, at that stage in time. Definitely, and I'm so glad that Sarah mentioned that comment there, because it's <laughs> that one standout moment that you just go, oh no, this is going to go horribly wrong. And 
you watch a few of their matches and you kind of see the feud and I think it's a bit kind of pathetic but at the same time Nikki's doing that because she's putting her career first obviously we've seen on Total Divas that she's not really getting much else going on so she's putting all her stuff into her work and therefore she's going to do what's best for her career unfortunately yeah. at this point is now a different priority she's kind of with Brian, she's getting married, she's wanting to start a family. So why not? Nikki should do her own thing and if that's the way she needs to do it, then that's good. Yeah, um, and well, she ended up winning the Divas title. That hard work paid off, uh, Scott. But one thing I wanted to say to you, Scott, of it, we'll talk about Divas title winning the subsequent run. Around this time, they started to add stuff to their arsenal, add stuff to their, their moveset. Brie was using those those knees to the ropes. You know, the Brian uses uh, using her own version of the yes lock. But Nikki also introduced the rack attack uh, to her arsenal as a finisher. What do you think was the significance of these two shaking up their moveset at this time? I think they were trying to make themselves seem more like their own person because obviously the worst fusion and then they would team together. Again, I think given that uh, they, it's hard to think about that move now, given like the issues that it would cause Nikki later on. Like if she just used like, the version 2.0, like the TKO that she used later on from the offset, she could have saved herself a lot of like unnecessary like pain. And like, I think I'm pretty sure as far as I remember, we did a show about uh, heel turns. You know, David, you and I wouldn't know anything about that. But I'm pretty sure we were ranking a bunch of like heel turns. We had the Bellas one. I'm pretty sure I ranked this way, way, way down at the bottom. And like, the only one I think that was worse than that if it was maybe like the Horseman turn on Sting because Sting should have known better. But like, it was mainly because of like the moment itself is shocking. But then like at the time you see the Bellas almost as a package deal because that's how WWE's presented them. And mm. then you don't know how this is going to go. And then the storyline itself, I mean, the line itself, I mean, I can't confirm or deny it, or I've heard from my own sibling that phrase, but I'll <laughs> move on. That was, a, that was a bad, that was a horrible birthday card. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, then they had the, they added the stipulation, you the loser must be the winner's servant for a month. And then they used that to then, oh, uh, by the way, she's a, a brief help there, now they're pals again. And uh, I can't take yeah. credit for for this idea. I've heard said off by someone else, but I think this is the right idea. When when they did that tag team match at Mania the following year, I've heard all of people say that should have been a four way for the title. And that's where Bisho said, "Aha! I was in. I was pretending I was realigned with Nikki all along. I didn't forget the fact that you told me I should have died in the yeah. womb. I didn't forget the fact that you betrayed me at SummerSlam. You know, it would have made Bree look actually like intelligent. But she was playing the long con." Yeah, and that's the thing about it. Like, we get that initial rivalry and it ends fairly quick. And we get the sort of uh, AJ Lee reverse of fortunes wherein she gave Brian the kiss at WrestleMania that cost him the title fairly quickly. Brie does the same to AJ that cost her the title fairly quickly. But we move on from that. And Stacey, it does have to be said, I actually very much enjoyed the WrestleMania 31 match with the Bellas versus Paige and AJ. What were your thoughts on that? I really liked it because I thought that I, I think it showed more of what they could do. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it was a lot more storytelling. Um, but I was just glad to see them back together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's good. And Jelly, and that's the thing. Like the Bellas had never had a WrestleMania moment to themselves, like a, a proper WrestleMania match focusing on the Bella Twins. So do you think that that was an important step in the year before we'd had this big match with all the women involved? And this isn't a title match per se, but it's more streamlined and there's actual rivalry you can follow. 
I think at this point it was just good that they were actually getting a match in WrestleMania and how well it was received. And I think that's really what pushed for the likes of the Royal Rumble when they ended up having that in the following years of that all the women were actually involved in that because it was always such a guy-orientated thing. But I think it just goes to show that how far the divas or women wrestlers have actually came in this mm-hmm. stage. So I think that thanks to Brie and Nikki. Yeah, Brie, Nikki and then Paige and AJ. You know, we need to give them credit as well. It's a, It was a cracking match. I very much enjoyed it. But it, we move on and, you know, Nikki's title reign, it's good, but it's sort of... You know, there's no real events. There's some good stories in there. Um, you know, she's facing off against the likes of um, Naomi and stuff like that, and it continues. But then we get that moment, don't we, Sarah? It's that night on Raw where Stephanie McMahon's like, no, no more Bellas and, and Alicia Fox, uh, who somehow, I don't actually know how, wriggled her way into the Bella picture. <laughs> like she just sort of Alicia? became the first Bella. Oh. Uh, I don't know how, how it went down, but it did. And she's like, no, we need a revolution. And we get that moment where the Bella twins stand in as a faction, the Bella army. And then they have the introduction of Charlotte, Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch to the main roster. That night is a very proud moment for everyone who made their debut and everyone involved. But it must be a proud night for the Bella twins as well to finally say, look at what's happened to the women's division. Look at what we've helped build here. Yeah, no, definitely. Because, like, see, around about that time, most people have gone off, like, like the ones that the, that the Bellas came in with, like the likes of Gail Kim, Victoria, etc. They were long gone. Absolutely long gone. And at, at that time, like, even uh, AJ was basically gone as well. Um, like, her and... Her and CM Punk had left the company off to greener pastures in Chicago somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it came to the whole um, Divas Revolution, like that, that was like one of the big pioneer moments because there was only so much you could do with the Bellas versus Paige. Mm-hmm. Like that was it. That it was essentially just the Bellas versus Paige. Uh, Naomi had done her villainous heel turn, obviously because um, she had attacked uh, Paige, claiming that she should have won, like won the number one contendership. So. When when you bring in Charlotte, Becky and Sasha, like everyone everyone knew who these three women were at that point. Like anyone who was a fan of WWE, anyone who was a fan of wrestling had heard about the these four women. Sorry, but like obviously Bailey didn't come up until like very much later on. Um but when they brought these three women, they knew that like there's something was suing over at NXT where at this point it was still developmental. Um, and when the the whole like sort of teaming them up, that bit didn't really make a lot of sense um, because yeah, you had Team Bella, mm-hmm. and you sort of had Naomi and Tamina together. Uh, and when you look at it, yeah, Charlotte and Becky being with Paige because they were the babyfaces made sense. Sasha being the NXT Women's Champion and very villainous at that particular time, joining up with Naomi and uh, Tamina, it didn't really make just any sense that the fact that they're just pitted together. Mm-hmm. Um, like there was no coming together as a team. Like it took it took a lot of time, especially when it came to like that that three way feud yeah. at the following SummerSlam. Like that was one of the worst matches um, mm-hmm. that I have personally seen come from all those women together. I don't know if that was just the fact that they were still new um, and they were still trying to like work everything out. Like the feud itself was just awful. Like the match wasn't awful. The feud was awful. Mm. Um, because it, it, that it just didn't work. It just felt like it's like we need more women. 
right, these women in NXT, they're the ones that have been making waves. We'll bring them up. We'll get like a big hype. Um, and which obviously it did lead on to a lot of different things later on, like Nikki losing the championship further down the line. Um, but I think, like, see, when it comes to the, just the way that it was all portrayed, it wasn't really the greatest for the first few weeks. And then also the fact that Natalia wasn't even featured whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, I know I know she was like sort of at that time Tyson Kidd had obviously taken a, a very bad muscle buster from yeah. Samoa Joe and he was basically got he was basically out. Um but at the same time when you watch that on Total Divas or how upset Natty was because she had been there from like the start of the everything changing. She was in the first ever women's tables match and like that sort of stuff. So it, the good comes with the bad, obviously. Like, but it, it's it's done some good ever since. Yeah, and that the, one of the things is that Scott, it's the double-edged sword, like Sarah's saying, of the, the the match wasn't great. The the sort of gang warfare stuff wasn't great, but it was still symbolic. And this came all during Nikki Bella's uh, record-setting Divas title run, obviously. Uh, the second last run of that title because it was soon to be retired. Looking at the legacy of Nikki Bella as Divas Champion, do you think it's safe to say that she truly was the bridge between what was in women's wrestling in WWE and what was to come from it? Do you think that's a fair statement or do you think that's a bit hyperbolic perhaps? No, I think there's there's some truth to that because I think she got a lot of unfair flack during that time because I think the Bellas were unfairly marred as like they represent the Divas era and for a lot of people that was a bad thing because there were a lot of lot of stuff that the W did wrong during that era. Mm-hmm. And nearly the main reason they were featured so heavily is because out of everybody that they were given opportunities to at the time, they were two of the people who most stepped up and made the most of what they were given, so that got them featured more often. And I think yeah. it made more sense for, for Nikki with with uh, Alicia and Brie around her. They hold on to the belt for so long because she was such a good heel. And then at the same time, AJ Lee saw a lot of people like, oh, she's only breaking her aim out of spite because AJ led. She's with Punk and all that crap. Get that in the bin. But, <laughs> and then, like, WWE, as we've seen many times before and since, they are a big fan of the quick fix. But often, a lot of their issues aren't a quick fix. It's a case of, look, here's new women. Here's these women from NXT you've been talking about. They're teaming with Paige. Why? Because, because they are. Shut up. <laughs> because they just are. Don't ask questions. Like he just he just as we all just shut up. Like, <laughs> I like that. Like, I like I have to say I do like that look at it, Scott. But moving on from that, Nikki, like you talked about, like that sustained um some major neck injuries, uh, the use of the rack attack had taken its toll on her. Um which I think is admirable because she could have changed that move. She should have realised obviously it was doing that to her. But it was a good-looking move, and she knew that, and she knew it was part of her brand and part of her presentation, which is why she, you know, she did it. But Gillian, you then talk, you talked earlier about the sort of differences between Nikki being very career-oriented and Brie not so much. She had other priorities, and this this culminated, you know, at the WrestleMania 32 kickoff show. It was Team Total Divas uh, against uh, Team Bad and Bond. I think they were called. Yeah, it's not, it's not a very memorable quintet, it has to be said, but. <laughs> Brie ended up getting quite a quite a feel good win at the end of that match. Uh, she submits Naomi in a very good sequence uh, to the to the yes lock. 
And we see Nicky come out to celebrate with her after, and it's revealed here that Brie will be stepping back as a full-time performer in the company. That's it. She's she's called it quits. What were your thoughts on that? Is one the initial exit for Brie Bella, and two, do you think it was the right time for her? Do you think she had more to offer as a full-time competitor when she stepped away? I mean, if it's her choice, and obviously if she thinks that's her time to go. I just didn't think it was that satisfying. It was all just kind of came out of the blue, take it as it is. But I think by that point, she was already winding down on Total Divas. You've seen that yourself. And it got to the stage of that Nikki was more or less stood back for the two of them. And that became a feud between the two off team on the WWE, yeah. not on Total Divas, because he wasn't putting the work in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're right. And it wasn't, I actually didn't think it was satisfying at all. I, I remember saying at the time, Brie Bella is someone who should be given a better exit storyline than this. It's a nice moment, but it's also in the kickoff. And even back then, a lot of people were saying, like, why Brie Bella? And I was like, because she is important. You know, she was important to the division. But like you said, Gillian, Nikki was more work-orientated and it would soon be seen that she would return. A surprise return at SummerSlam. Obviously, even Marie left the company around with this thing. She had a wellness policy violation. She was meant to compete at SummerSlam. Um, but couldn't go it. Obviously, we'll get into that more in Central and stuff, but even Maria subsequently meant to be coming back to WWE this week. It looks like she'll be back on TV. But regardless, Stacey, we do get a surprise return of Nikki Bella at SummerSlam 2016. She teams with Natalia and Alexa Bliss against Becky Lynch, Naomi and Carmella. This was a big shock and a very, very good reception for Nikki Bella at SummerSlam that night. It was a big pop when she came back. Yeah, I was just glad that people had finally come round to my way of thinking of how great Nikki Bella actually is. So, um, no, I I was so happy to see her back. Um, I think a lot of people were sick of me, was sick of hearing me going on about wanting her coming back. And they were just like... Thank God she'll shut up now. <laughs> that didn't yeah. happen. But um, I, I, it was just so good seeing her back. Because so it was just like, one of the people that got me into WWE is back. And now, yeah. It was great. It was really good. And, more, so. and she got the win that night as well. And, and Sarah, I said this on a show the other day. I can't even remember what show it was now. But round about this time, SmackDown did have like a new SmackDown 6 and that women's division was really strong for building that round with Natty, Alexa Bliss coming in her own, Becky Lynch is champion, Naomi's always consistent and then you put Nikki Bella and Carmella in that group as well. They had a nice little feud together that really helped not only showed you that Nikki wasn't like a selfish worker because she helped establish Carmella uh, on the main roster, but they also had a really, really good no disqualification match against each other at TLC. Do you remember the match I'm talking about? Yeah, see, well, I absolutely loved that rivalry. Like, most people will probably say, oh, Carmella this or Nikki that. Uh, screw you guys, because it was actually a really good rivalry. Like, <laughs> especially to sort of bring, a, a, I know that it did start out that Nikki was obviously supposed to be on the heel team at SummerSlam, um, just because like they had that spot to fill. Um, but the whole reason even for the rivalry of Carmella turning, you're like, right, okay, she, they had tried Carmella as a babyface, it wasn't really working out at that particular time, so it's like, they need a rivalry for, for Nikki. And it, Carmella is quite a safe worker, 
as well. Like she's yeah. been proven to be really, really safe when she's working. Um, and plus, like you had Becky and Alexa feuding at that particular time, so you couldn't really put them into a title picture. Um, so that that feud and like their match, I was like, I I very fairly enjoyed it. And plus, yeah. like that one time when Nikki actually gave Carmella a beautiful black eye as well, <laughs> like it was beautiful. And that's you know that's one of the things about that era of the SmackDown Women's Division was, and the benefit of having someone because you need to get Nikki Bell on the show with our star power, right? So you have someone else in the title feud. You're also going to have a Nikki Bella feud, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's giving more time and spotlight to the women in that brand. And I think that's the power of Bella, but. She ends up going in this rivalry with Natalia, uh, that's pretty great. But then that transitions Scott into one of the one of the better rivalries, I'd say, of Nikki Bella's career. It was Nikki and John uh, versus Miz and Maurice. Uh, and Scott, I just want you to tell us about the build to that tag team match at WrestleMania, please. Oh, what a match! <laughs> I want to what say, a build! Uh, before before I talk about this, I want people to agree with a point you made there about uh, about. Like the the kind of the women's division at this time on SmackDown because like Elimination Chamber, uh, the month before Mania, you had three different women's stories going on. You had Natalia, Mickey, uh, Mickey James who just came back against uh, Becky, and Alexa versus Naomi for the title. So then just uh, you can have three different women's matches, three different stories, and then with this match where you had uh, Natalia and Mickey on SmackDown, a really good Balkan era match. Which, which is a really brutal spot with a, a, a mirror getting broken over one of their heads. Mm-hmm. And also realising the fact that Nikki does a better STF than John Cena somehow. <laughs> she actually tucks the arm <laughs> under the chin, John. It's taking you 10 years, do you not know that yet? You've won WrestleMania main events with this movie. You're <laughs> but yeah. And the best thing about this is, like, uh, if you're a fan, if you're one of the smart fans who doesn't like John Cena, then the stuff that Miz says appeals to you. Uh, if you're somebody who watches Total Divas or Total Bellas and is frustrated with the relationship of Nikki and John, the fact that John won't marry her, then again, that appeals to you. So it was appealing to a lot of different people. And it's like this match, I think it's forgotten about when people talk about WrestleMania 33 because they just talk about the proposal on that. But I think the fact that he had this match, one of the most high-profile matches on the show, that both featured two women and you also had a fatal four earlier on the night. I don't. That's why I get annoyed when people moan about the six-pack challenge get moved to the main show because it would have got a lot more time in the pre-show whereas on the main show it got moved between two main events and got five minutes which is what we were trying to bloody move away from yeah it's tough like it's a, it's a tough balance like you say but I, I have this amazing Maurice in the build up to this man it was Not amazing they <laughs> are so funny like making fun of Johnny and Nick and the thing is like we talked about the, the told divas there's so much tape on them you know what I mean so it's actually easy to do those inter- it's like the Kardashians everyone if you ask them to can do an impression of one of the Kardashians mm-hmm. you know what I mean like you could, I'm not going to try it here I'm not going to try it here do but it. my Courtney is pretty good just take my word for it uh, but really, <laughs> we move, move on to the match itself we had that mixed tag match which was fine it was classic Hugh Miz and Maurice who the crowd absolutely adored by the way because how could you not versus John and Nikki and then it happens it's a proposal at WrestleMania, Jillian. What was going through your head? It is an edge of the seat moment. I'll never forget it. I, I was sitting up. It was like half three in the morning. I'm now at the stage where I'm like, I cannot physically go to sleep because I know this is coming. The build to Hogan was excellent. Miz played it so well. There was something in it for absolutely everybody. And then one thing I popped the question. 
it was just the icing on the cake for the full thing and just to see how genuinely happy Nicky was. However, from a business point of view, how could you not have done it at the main event? It was the icing on the cake. I loved it. I thought it was excellent. <laughs> Gillian wants to move that up to She wants a show of its own, like a pay-per-view of its own for this proposal. And it's it deserves it. It's hard to disagree. Stacey, the only thing is now, in hindsight, can't watch this moment the same, can we? I know, I know. It's just like, so it was such a good feeling at the time. I was in a pub watching it. Me and one other person should have heard us when this happened. We were like, oh my God. Everyone else staring at us. (laughs) It's weird. It's like... It's one of those really feel-good moments from a show, but it's one that is very bittersweet because obviously, if you watch, if you did watch like Total Bellas, Total Diva, obviously know the journey. That was just the a, the beginning of a journey for them then as well, and just seeing like the ups and downs. You like, even though it did feel like such a good, like a good moment, it just. Yeah. It wasn't really, if you know what I mean. Like finally, Brie, if only Nikki was getting her dream of of getting engaged, and she was just like, "Oh well, now that we're engaged, maybe that means that soon we'll be able to start having babies and stuff." And it's just, it was like, "Oh, you were we should have, we should have just locked them in the ring. Should have had a curtain around it." Wait a moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're like, John, we're this is all good. But it's no happening, mate. Hey, you're getting it done. Like, no messing our about. We didn't do that. That's on us, right? That's on us. Like, so we're to blame. Now, after this, the appearances are more and more sporadic. Injuries have caught up. They've got a lot more going on. You know, the Bellas building the Bella Empire uh, from this point. But Sarah, they did come back, and I think justly, Royal Rumble, the first ever women's Royal Rumble, you get. One Bella, then you get the second Bella, and you're just thinking, oh God. And the thing is, they were the perfect heels for Asuka at the end of this match, because it's, it's the Bellas, and then you have the classic Nikki turning on Brie, and you're thinking, I'm thinking to myself, I want Asuka to win, right? I want Asuka to win the Royal Rumble. But I'm thinking to myself, Nikki, you fucking idiot. <laughs> like, like, why? You had a, you had a beat. You could have taken Brie at any time. Sarah, what was your what was your thoughts on the Bella's involvement in the first ever women's Royal Rumble match? You missed a word, David. You missed a word. What's the word? Tell me the word. It is historic. 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 I can say I've missed doing that with you, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, like, see, see, even just like them coming in at 27 and 28 like you had Nikki you're like right okay yeah, she, she's been wrestling on Smackdown they bother and then you hear Brie mode and I, I started bawling and crying because I was like <laughs> the greatest theme song of all time Scott McLeod it was more just a fad like she had it hadn't been that long since she had birdie and like she was talking about potentially doing a comeback and you're like Nah, she won't be ready for the rumble. Like, I doubt they'd let her wrestle. Like, she's, she's, no, she's just like about to maybe like still, like her, her boobs were probably about to pop, right? <laughs> so I was like, nah, I was like, nah, they wouldn't, they wouldn't. And then when you hear it, and I, I, I started bawling, crying, I didn't freeze in the for your rumble. 
<laughs> like that was an exact representation of my voice, right? Yeah. And then when it came to Nikki eliminating Brie, I was like, hold on, is Nikki Bella gonna win the Royal Rumble? Oh, I was so like, is Nikki Bella gonna win like, this? Part of me was like, fuck everyone. Can you imagine the heat? Can was you imagine he... how raging these people are gonna be? That's that what mad. I was kind of hoping for. Like, I was actually kind of hoping for a little bit. Like, I had already called the fact that Charlotte was going to go against Asuka and Asuka's undefeated streak was going to be broken at WrestleMania. Like, I was the first person on this podcast to even say that. And I was, I, I, everyone else doubted me, which to this day, I'm still extremely smug about it. Um, <laughs> but, like, just the idea, I was like, could Nikki Bella win this Royal Rumble? But at the same time, I was like, you, I was like, you could have kept her. You could have kept Brie with you. You could have, like, two is better than one, Nikki. <laughs> but, you know, we know it's, we know it's, uh, it'll work, but, like, in terms of tactical decisions, it's got to go down. He's one of the worst dumb. in Royal Rumble history. That it's like when dumb. someone breaks up a pinfall in the elimination chamber. There's nothing that gets my blood I up like, more why? than that. I'm just like, why? <laughs> oh, that's like, I get angry. I can't watch elimination chambers anymore. It just gets me to the opposite. It's brutal for me. Like, you, idiots. you don't know the rules of this match. Yeah. Uh, but Scott, we then move on an our sporadic appearance. This time, we hear the dulcet tones of free mode echoing in the arena at SmackDown. We had the, the Miz and Brian feud with Brian coming back. They had their match at SummerSlam, which Maurice held Miz win. So it's only fitting. The Brie should even the score, and they had a match at, at Hell in a Cell. What did you think about this encounter? It was it was okay because uh, it was okay. We extend the feud. It made sense, as you said, because of Maurice's involvement and all that. I did feel bad for Brie around this time because mm-hmm. she wasn't making a few mistakes. She was a bit rusty, I think, because she'd been out for a while, and then she made a couple of botches, like when she tried to do her dive to outside, and yeah. the internet was not kind. That's putting it lightly. No. And it, it just—it really frustrated me when this time. I felt bad. I was like, okay, how about some of you go try and push out a small human and then come back and try a suicide dive? See how much better you get off. <laughs> you tell them, Scott. You tell them, Scott. They don't have a uterus. They don't have an opinion. All right. You know what I mean? <laughs> See, I'm not making a comment because I know I can't do a somebody suicide dive. No, would I, no would I attempt one? <laughs> yeah, and that's the, that's one of the things I think it's not Bree's fault. Like the, the Miz and Brian feud didn't live up to expectations around that time, which is a shame. Uh, I think the rivalry out of the ring is often better than in the ring, just because I don't think their styles mesh that well. And like you said, Brie came back and she's never been the best. Nikki's been the better worker of the two. I think we've all sort of dotted around that issue without explicitly saying that. But Brie can hold her own. It's just unfortunate a couple of the instances didn't quite work out for her, but. Stacey, we reached the the end of the the Bella's in-ring career. They come back at SummerSlam. They help raise the hand of of Ronda Rousey. And then they enter in this feud with uh, Ronda uh, and the the riots, which culminates in a a six-women tag at Super Showdown. Were you thinking around this time, like, good to see the Bella's back? Kind of wonder why. Was that your attitude? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, why? Why? Yeah, yeah, good, good to see them. But yeah, but what's going on? <laughs> yeah, so they 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 had that match at Super Showdown. Jelly, and two nights later, it's Raw. The yeah, Bellas, they beat the Riot Squad again, and the Bellas they turn on Ronda Rousey, and we knew about Evolution at this point. We knew it was happening. What were your thoughts when you knew 
main event of Evolution is going to be Rowdy Ronda Rousey versus Nikki Bella for the Raw Women's Championship. Were you gay or were you nay, for lack of a better word? <laughs> I was I was totally yay, purely for the fact Ronda has got such a aura about her, like she is hard, she is fast, she's new to the company and do you know, I don't like new people. I didn't like any when it first came in. I hated all the newcomers, but she came in and she came in with her personality. And I thought, you're the right person to challenge Nikki and for a demand a match with her. I thought, excellent. Yes, that is something that she needs. She needs that mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, the thing is, Stacey, there were sort of critics at the time, obviously, to the Bella still, as there are now. It's hard to argue, as far as the women's division is concerned, there are no two bigger mainstream stars that WWE has at their disposal than Ronda Rousey and Nikki Bella. Agreed, agreed. I, th- I think um, that match, they were the they were the two perfect people to go against each other. I don't think it would have made any sense for either of them to, to be against anyone else yeah. in that match. And Sarah, what did what did you think about it? The match comes. What did you think about the quality of it? As we know now, Bree's retired. Nikki's retired. Is it a good last outing for Nikki Bella? Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing more than what Nikki had been working to like her whole life, and it was an all women's pay per view. Like they had the first ever women's Royal Rumble. They had the first ever, the first ever, the first ever, and then they had the first ever pay per view. Yeah. Like and. Like Jillian and Stacey have said, it's like no two bigger people. Like, but it was also the ushering in of the top star from the, the previous era mm-hmm. to the biggest star of the current era. Like, there was no better ones uh, to do it with because, like, they, they ended up doing like Charlotte and Trish further down the line. Um, but that was like, and it's a different, a whole completely different thing. Yeah, um, it's a completely different thing. Yeah, so to to have those two be the main event of the All Women's pay-per-view, you've got so much outside looking in, like, and they were worried that they weren't going to sell all these tickets, that they dropped the price mm-hmm. um, quite, like, quite steeply. Um, but at the end of the day, you had an entertainment um, audience coming in, you had the wrestling audience, and then you had, like, the MMAs that are wanting to see Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Um, so... There, there was no other way. I mean, I know like the only other contender for that pay per view would have been Charlotte and Becky's last women's standing match, but which a great the, match. It was still a great match. match. That was one of my favourite matches of the night. Um, but when it comes to Ronda and Nikki, you you couldn't not have them as the main event, and the match was still really good. I mean, they worked they worked together really well. Um, and Rhonda did make sure, like, yeah, she can, she did come across as quite stiff to begin with and really, really scary. Like, she yeah. looked more brutal and the worry was for Nikki's neck. Yeah. And at the same time, you're just like, but Nikki knows how to work and they wouldn't have put Nikki in the main event with Rhonda Rousey if they didn't have the utmost confidence in both the women that they could be safe and pull off a really good match. It's actually, I, I got me emotional seeing her in that main event because you bring up Sarah, Charlotte and Trish done later down the line. A lot of people saying that's the natural fit for evolution, surely. Charlotte and Trish are two of the best workers of their generation, mm-hmm. but they don't have the same level of main event crossover, uh, of pop culture crossover, rather, yes. as Ronda and Nikki do. 
And I think that's that's the legacy of the Nikki Bella leaves behind. I just want to leave Total Divas, one of the biggest reality shows on E, Total Bellas, arguably just as big that focuses <laughs> just on those two and their families. They've guest appeared uh, Dancing with the Stars, one of the biggest shows in America. Nikki was a contestant on that. They've won numerous MTV awards, Teen Choice Awards, nominated against the likes of the Kardashians and stuff of like that, holding their own in terms of a fan base. Uh, they have 3.1 million YouTube subscribers, 60, 670 million total views on that channel. They sell wine, they sell activewear, they sell loungewear. Like, they bloody yes. sell everything in Scott. That's that's the question. When the legacy of the Bellas is weighed up in the end, do you think they will be seen as the first true pop culture crossover stars of the women's division? I think an argument can be made to go back to again, evolution. I think I made this point before in a show. I think it might have been the Four Horsewomen show or whatever. Uh, I, I think it may, it brings true to see it now as well. First off, when I remember this match was announced, I was very concerned for Nikki Bell, thinking, welcome back, Nikki, you've had a uh, career-saving neck surgery. Here's uh, an undefeated UFC fighter, <laughs> one point undefeated UFC fighter, to throw you a boot. <laughs> and I... They had a decent like back and forth going into it. You know, you had Ronda bringing up the end of a uh, Nikki's relationship with with John Cena, and the match was decent. You had Nikki Bree getting involved, rightfully so, because otherwise, from a believability standpoint, after you've seen Ronda go through the likes of Alexa Bliss at SummerSlam in short order, you need to make Nikki look like a threat to someone like Ronda. And this is a weird comparison I'm going to make, and some people out there might hate me for making it. But WrestleMania three, people. Go coming out of that show, talk about Savage and Steamboat. But when they arrived to the arena, they weren't there for Savage Steamboat. They were there for Hogan versus Andre because that's what brought everybody in. Whereas, yes, a lot of people did want Charlotte and Becky to to main event Evolution because, for, to an extent, the work of the Four Horsewomen is a big reason for getting Evolution. But also, all the work to come out of the Divas there, which unfairly Nikki has been branded with as, a, as the face of. Whereas now she's a cross-promotional star. You've got Ronda Rousey who's been brought in as a cross-promotional. She's been in USC, she's been in movies, you know, Oscar winners like Entourage and Fast Five. <laughs> and like, anyway, when they brought Ronda in, they pushed her heavily, and rightfully so to an extent. So I think Ronda was one of the faces of the new era of women's wrestling. And to an extent, Nikki was the face of like the Divas era, the era that they'd moved on from. And in a way, Ronda beating Nikki was a a final like nail in the coffin for the old era of women's wrestling and a sign that this is what we're going for now is a completely different era for how the women are being represented and how they're being presented so in a way yes there is not, nothing else that should have main evented evolution than Ronda Rousey versus Nikki Bella Iris, I think, my case I think you make a <laughs> very very good point there Scott and you funnily bring it up Vin Diesel actually did say that in his opinion Furious 7 should have won the <laughs> picture that year uh, he didn't say that as a joke he was being deadly serious so we could have seen Ronda Rousey as part of a best picture and Vin Diesel got his way Unfortunately, I'd love to keep this show going forever, guys, but we are going to wrap up. It's a question for each of you, and I want each of you to give your answers to this. And we'll start with Stacey. Why do the Bella Twins deserve to be inducted, as they are being, into the WWE Hall of Fame? Why? Um, because of how long how long they've been part of WWE, everything that they have done for WWE, and everything that, even though they're they're not wrestling with WWE anymore, that they're still contributing to WWE as well. Yeah, so, now, now and forever. 
then now and forever from Stacey Smith. I think that we might steal that. Gillian, <laughs> <laughs> what's your answer to that question? I think they totally deserve it because they were the head of their time. They totally led the culture shift. And I think looking at the previous inductees, you've had Trish, you've had Lita, you've had Beth Phoenix. These have all been very dominant women that really made their mark in the WWE. I think if you look at like Tori Wilson, she was recently inducted. And I kind of I don't really understand that one as much. So if the likes of Tori Wilson can be inducted, the Bella Twins certainly should deserve it. Nice. So. Gillian's basically saying looking for phrase to Tony Wilson and it opens up a world of possibilities. Uh, Sarah, what's your answer to the question? Why should the Bellas be in the WWE Hall of Fame? I mean, first of all, the question should be why not? Because mm. um, like you do look at the women that are part of the part of it. Um, like you do have Trish Leiter pioneers and sort of trailblazers of their of their time, but people forget that the Bellas have been part of the WWE basically on and off um, for the better part of like 12 years, right? Mm. Which people do forget, like because they were out with injuries and whatnot, but they were still working as ambassadors from behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, and you had all the times it's like they have helped sort of shovel in one era to the next, like from the Divas to the Women's era, like people always give the credit to the Four Horsewomen and that is why um, Brie's farewell match was put on the pre-show mm. because the women's title match, the triple threat was set Sasha, Becky and Charlotte was on the main card, like that's the only reason, mm. like um, so they deemed that more important but everything that the Bella Twins have actually done in terms of working the storylines putting people over, working with them and then also making them stars and bringing all those eyes to the WWE, albeit New fans, old fans, like they've got little girls inspired, and that's what they were all pushing for was like the whole revolution. It's mm. in WWE, which is they they were the sort of people that I have to thank, especially for this era. Like you have Trish and Lita for one era, but the Bella Twins will be for that era, and then you've got the future ones coming in, which will probably be most mm-hmm. likely Charlotte Flair. Yeah. So Sarah saying they defined an era, they defined their generation. Scott, three good answers for your cohorts. Do you have anything different? Why should the Bellas be in the Hall of Fame? Because why the fuck not? <laughs> like, I mean, they, they are more hardworking than I think anyone would give them credit for, especially for their work behind the scenes. I mean, they're a big part of Total Divas, which, as Stacey mentioned, it's gone people like Stacey. It, it started helping them start watching wrestling. I've discussed uh, another podcast with, with people the idea of Total Divas getting people into wrestling and I've had people ask me like well how, how can you get into wrestling through something like Total Divas and I'm like well how can we question what gets someone into wrestling or not I mean we may look at Melina versus Alicia Fox as just a match but for someone like Cameron it is more than just a match <laughs> oh. oh poor Cameron um, poor Cameron I've been trying to work that reference and <laughs> I've been trying to work that reference in all podcasts <laughs> Hashtag poor Cameron. But anyway, guys, it's it's been the end of a show. Been pushing for this for a long time. I'm very happy that it's, it's finally happened. Uh, I want to thank uh, Stacy and uh, Sarah. We've been pushing for this more than anyone, so I'm happy we finally got a Scott mainstay here of ESSR. You'll see us go to war. 
this week on the YouTube channel, it's Quiz Showdown Goes Hollywood. Uh, and we're quite friendly tonight, just behind the scenes. We've already filmed it. Uh, so we can officially <laughs> say it's worth your while going to watch it. Right, it's worth it. In fact, yeah. oh my, I, I forgot. This is out on the Tuesday, mate. The match will already be up. <laughs> so, so, so here, how about this? The, the people listening to this, if you, ever, if you haven't watched it yet, go watch it when this is done. If you've already yeah. watched it, well, when this is done, go back and watch it a second time. Yeah. It's worth watching multiple times. Oh, uh, I think we have a newfound, we have, we've discovered a newfound respect for each other, David, after that battle. Yeah, I thought it was, I can't spoil anything there. Oh my God. Half an hour of pure tension. <laughs> and Jillian, Thank you for coming in as our guest in the show. Did you enjoy yourself tonight? I have thoroughly enjoyed it, yes. I always said if this was something that was going to be coming up in conversation, I was going to need to be here for it, so I'm glad that I've been here. Nice, and Jill, I'll, I'll, I'll be talking to the powers of be. I'd love to have, have you back on the show another time. It was a marvellous effort. Thank you for coming in today. Uh, don't forget, guys, we have other content coming up. Uh, our feature shows are released on Tuesdays, but ESSR Central, where we run down the week that was in wrestling, that's released on Thursdays in the main feed. You have other shows like East Meet Wit. East... Yeah. I can't even talk now. It's been a long hour and a half. What to get through the Bella's career. East Meets West with Scott McLeod and, of course, Saturday Draft Live, which is coming up uh, for its, the build-up to the 50th episode uh, with Scott McLeod and the boys done a great job with that show and keeping it going to the place that is always proud uh, of Saturday Draft Live. But until next time, it's goodbye from me and from the panel. Bye! There now follows an enthusiastic advertisement for Quiz Showdown. Hello guys, welcome to Quiz Showdown. I'm Daniel Campbell and in this show you're going to see the members of the Eat Sleep Suplex retweet team go through a very strange quiz. We don't know what the heck's going on with it, but you're going to have to watch to find out. Go check out on the YouTube channel now. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown.